Archie is risking his life because Josie told him he was being lame? Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 23-year-old actor and filmmaker. I like reading anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the Hundred Script on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And our fun fact this week was, what would you name your gang? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if yours is going with the, um... Alliteration? Pattern. Yeah. Yeah, the alliteration and also the pattern of it being, like, adjective, uh, noun, plural noun. Mm-hmm. Does yours go no. with it? Oh, okay, great. Just alliteration. Oh, mine doesn't even go with the alliteration. Okay. okay? But I still think it'd be kind of cool. So, I literally didn't think about it until, like, ten minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And I thought about something that had something to do with me. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to go the theater route. And mm-hmm. so I'd like to call my gang the curtain call. It does! It is alliterative! Yeah, I was I didn't I think was it like, was. I was like, um, those are two C's. It's because I never said it out loud. I only <laughs> said it in my head. And so I didn't think about it. You're a really special lady. The cur- but oh, I thought... You- I think be more like because it's like no. A thing my brain with- thought it was roll call. My brain thought roll call, but I actually meant curtain call, and that's why I didn't think it was alliteration. Thank you. But since it's people, wouldn't it be the curtain callers? I guess that's okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but you're not going with the alliterative, uh, uh, the plural noun thing either, right? Well, not kind of. You'll the see curtain, when no. I okay. You'll see when I get there. The curtain callers is cool. Yeah, which is another alliteration. But really, it's like you know the curtain call is like at the very end. Yeah, right? it's like yeah. hey, it's, it's the end. Curtains for you. <laughs> Call your mom because Wait. things are getting bad. Wait, I was like, hang on, where have I heard this before? And it was literally in Doctor Horrible. Nathan Fillion was like, it's curtains for you, Doctor Evil. Lacy, gently wafting curtains. <laughs> My name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 29-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And the name of my game is the Vicious Velociraptors. That's so long. Yeah. It is a plural noun, you jerk. Yeah, here's the thing. I kind of forgot it was. Okay, so um, both of us were in the wrong throat yeah. the entire thing. I don't know what an alliteration <laughs> is, and you don't know what a plural means. I did, but like, in my head I was rearranging things because while you were talking, I was like, South Side Serpent, does it need to be a location? So like, you're talking and I'm like thinking like this. Like, hmm, is it a location? No. So don't worry about it. Um, We're both better on paper. Good thing we have a podcast. I wouldn't say I'm better on paper at all. I'm much better on paper. I am not. I am, I think, far less annoying on paper, more eloquent, far more intelligent. Mm. Um, Out loud, talking dog, which I think is accurate. More like, if Sophie could talk, that'd be me. Sophie is my mom's dog. Anyway, so today we have words to say- I don't want to say this episode title. It's so stupid. Uh, keep Do you want in. me to say it? No, keep, keep, keep this I'm in. I'm doing it. Keep the shade in. Okay. Today we have words to say about episode 313 of Riverdale, Requiem for a Welterweight. What a terrible name! Why in the world are they going off the pattern that they always do, which is like, pick a film, <laughs> you know? What is Requiem for a Welterweight? Okay, so a Requiem is us- is like a song, yep. usually about like mourning, or it's, it's usually like a slow song, yeah. and then Welterweight is the, which was actually said in the episode, is like- The champion. No. No! It's the, it's the, I don't, I don't know. I didn't go to school for boxing. No, I just kidding. The it's end one of the last episode. It's literally one of the fighters. It's a tit. It's like it's a cl- it's a weight class. Yay! So there's like light, the light weight class, the middle weight class, and welterweight is in between light and middle. Really, Archie falls in between light and middle. What would you think he is? What just light? More middle. 
Oh. Who is light? I don't know. Scrawny dudes? Dilton? Scrawny ladies? Scrawny people? Dil yeah, Dilton. Okay. Yeah. Because he's Dilton dead. Dilton was all about that for sure. Get it? It's worse than that. He's dead, Jim. Um. So anyway, um, Requiem for a Welterweight is not a thing. No, I couldn't find anything about it. No. And so if anybody else can, great. Yeah. Um. Good luck to you. Let us know. Um. I don't understand the choice of the title at all. I, I find that I don't really care, but I do think that it's stupid. Okay. No. Um. We have some thoughts from listeners. Oh. You guys, I have to say something. I have something to say before that we do this. That is brand new for you. Okay? Okay. So, yeah. we had multiple people out here tweeting, <laughs> saying, does anybody else talk out loud to the as they listen to the aficionados? Because I do. And we got, like, multiple people being like, me too, same, same, same. Uh, um, <laughs> if you have thoughts... <laughs> You gotta let us know. Basically, okay, here's here's your homework, okay? If you have thoughts about what we say, write it down, and then if we still don't mention it throughout the rest of the episode, you gotta tweet it to us or you gotta email it to us because if you think of something that we didn't think of, that might jog something in our memory, which we can then say on the pod, which might jog in somebody else's memory who's listening. Does that make sense? We're all trying to figure out this freaking dumbass show together. Thanks. I hate that we're all in this together is running through my brain right we're now. We're fully all in this together. Yeah. So if you guys think of something super smart that you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't bring this up, please tell us mm -hmm. so that we can say it out and then and then everybody can figure it out. <laughs> that one wasn't as bad. It's been it was, worse. My my thing is I love when people like give us their thoughts because I just like talking to you guys. Like yeah. I, just, I love like the two-way dynamic that we've like figured out here. Mm. So it warms my heart. So we have a voicemail uh -huh. from our friend Frances. Hi, Frances. Frances. I love you, Frances. And... What, at FM Neves? Wait, 13? 13. Yes. Yeah, I was like, there is also a number, but I don't remember what it is. I don't even memorize. Okay. Okay, I do. <laughs> and she sent us a clip about things that I care about. Yep. So we are going to play it now. Okay, so first things first, it was so anticlimactic that Josie was like leading up to this big audition. And like, of all the times when music is entirely unnecessary, this coming from the music person, but most of the times, the songs are entirely unnecessary in the episode. And this one would have made 100% total sense. They didn't include it. So I definitely think it was just cut because the episode was too long. Um, but that sucked because it would have been really dope to see her have her, like, Rachel Berry moment. Which I also think parallels. I don't know if they were trying to. But definitely reminded me of Glee and when Rachel Berry, like, didn't get in. Tiniata originally, which is funny because that's how I feel about like Sharpay not getting the scholarship and going to Juilliard. So those are like I I feel all of those points. But going back to whether or not she'd get the scholarship and like performance versus direction versus all that stuff, like definitely. I mean, I didn't I didn't go to Juilliard or apply to Juilliard or any of that stuff. But having gone to NYU and seeing like the competition aspect of it all, there's definitely like way more competition for people who want to be like performers or like the main star or something like that in general. But there's also way less scholarships that go out for kids who don't want to be the performers are main stars or center of attention people so like i don't really know if it goes either way or one's easier than the other but like it's definitely more saturated that there are performers and behind the scenes people it would be really cool to see like someone else who was involved with stuff like kevin for example like talk about that whether or not that's a dream or a goal post college i know most of his storyline has to do with just trying to like get by and be the good boy that he is but also you know have a decent love life and not die um <laughs> but anyways those are just some thoughts and this is me sending you 
that voice memo because you asked me to. Okay, bye. I love her. <laughs> so thank you. That was relevant to my interests. That brought up many of your interests all in one go. Yeah. Yeah. That was in relation to us talking about how Josie's audition, like, yeah. should have been shown and fully just wasn't for no reason. Because um, why give Josie a plotline that is entirely her own mm-hmm. when she could just prop up Archie instead? Yeah. Yeah. Also, what's cool about Frances is that she Everything. went to NYU yeah. and she just fully went to school, not necessarily with, but like saw around the campus, Cammy and Cole. Oh, yeah, 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 Because they yeah, also yeah. went to NYU. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, my God. cool. I also like that she brought up like that this is actually a pretty standard like musical theater kid trope. Yeah. Which is kind of wild because we live now in a world where there's musical kid theater tropes in television. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> But, um, I hate that I kind of understood the Sharpay thing because that was, like, one of the first questions that I, that I asked after you made me watch High School Musical 3 is, like, why what wasn't Sharpay? Yeah, like, what happened to Sharpay? Why wasn't she, like, more successful? She was the one with the most drive. Yeah. So, hashtag justice for Sharpay. But I, like, I love these thoughts and, like, I'm kind of sad that, like, we're never gonna really see what happens to Josie's, like, career on Riverdale because I guess mm-hmm. whenever she goes over to Katie Keene is where that'll pick up. Yeah. But she deserved to go to Juilliard. Agree. If anyone is going to. <laughs> it was her. Yeah. And not, like, freaking, I don't know, Troy Bolton. She has such a good resume, too. She was literally in a band. She, you know, like, also her dad is, like, a famous musician, too. Like, could he not do anything? It's almost like they had to come up with a way for her not to get in, but there was no way she wasn't gonna get in. So they were just like, yeah, she didn't get in. And then that was the end of it. That was, was like, the end okay. of the whole plot. So she's like, okay, I guess I'll just sing at this dry bar then. I don't understand why Sharpay, like, didn't get farther. I know she had her own movie and stuff, but in the High School Musical- I didn't even watch her movie. Yeah, like, in the High School Musical universe, she, she deserved more. Agree! Because it's like, was she shellfish? Yes, but she learned a lesson in every movie and she worked really hard. It's like that um that video of that drunk girl who's just like <laughs> Ryan and Sharpay yep. were so much better and Troy and Gabriella can choke. <laughs> <laughs> That's just you sober. <laughs> Brittany, Robin, toot or boot? Boot. I didn't really have any reason to toot this episode. No. And therefore, I must boot it. Yeah. I didn't have a reason to toot it. And also, I didn't have a good time watching it. So. I can't really say that I, like, disliked it enough to be, like, hard boot. But, like, yeah. I just... There was nothing really to like. Yeah. To and it's de- I didn't like it enough to even give it, like, a, a newt. Right. Yeah, you know? Yeah. And it's also, like, now that we know how good and how intriguing the show can be, especially with, like, the, like, you know basically all the Parentdale episodes. Yeah. I'm like, mm-mm. There's no reason for whatever this was to occur. <laughs> so, Brittany. Robin. We are going to be changing up our template a little bit. Our style. Our style. Mm-hmm. Would you like to, would you explain that? Yes. So, we found that on our Stranger Things pod, instead of doing, like, intensive recaps yeah. for each part of the episode, we just do summaries at the beginning and then we kind of just have free talk. So, we're going to try doing that here and, like, see what you guys think, where we sum up, like, still individual parts, like, um, individual storylines, but it's gonna be less comprehensive, and it's gonna give us more room to, like, get discussions going. Yeah, and there's gonna be a little bit more, yeah, just room, um, yeah. probably won't take as long, because, like, most of you, um, know what happened, so, yeah. Yeah, so we'll still be covering all the story beats and stuff, it's just, that's gonna be shorter, so that we can, like, theorize and talk more about like what's going on roast archie etc etc um so let us know if you're like super mega opposed Mm -hmm. uh and then and then we'll go from there 
Or even just like, you know what? If you say, you know what? I'm not really feeling this. We'll be like, okay. We'll see. I mean, yeah. if enough people are like, actually, can you go back? We'll be like, all right. Yeah. This just takes a lot less time for us. But you know. Yeah. Who's to say? Who's who's to say? Also, we don't know what's going to happen because we've never done this with Riverdale before. So who True. knows how this discussion's going to go? Right. All right. So <clears throat> Brittany did Varchie. I did Bughead. Uh, you, we're going to be going you, me, you, me. Yeah. So who are you going to begin with? Um, let's do uh Ronnie first. Okay. Just because that plot line was just puzzling. Sure. And I'd like to, you know how much I love Ragged on Archie, so let's save that for sure. a little bit later, you know? Okay, so here's the Ronnie storyline. Mm. Hiram suspects Ronnie double-crossed him, which isn't, like, entirely untrue. Also, the Toledo serpents are a thing. Okay. Gladys wants Ronnie to spy on Hiram for her, and Ronnie agrees because she'd rather have Gladys run the drug trade than have her family be involved anymore. She confronts Hiram and tells him that she knows he was in the drug trade, but she thinks he should get out of it and focus on his prison. Sure, that'll bring in just, like, so much money. Hiram is like, nah, I'm gonna get myself some ghoulies and use them to control the drug trade lol and ronnie's like okay cool and tells gladys's whole plan to nab the ghoulies hiram is onto hermione's confusing plan with the governor and invites gladys over which makes ronnie mad because gladys swore that she'd stay away from the lodges she threatens to tell jughead about gladys and her drugs and gladys points out that she should be more worried about her violent dad and her poor mom which okay neat ronnie crashes gladys and hiram's dinner so here's the deal hiram's gonna run the prison gladys will arrange for fp to stalk the prison with bodies and hermione won't be a problem which is like really concerning he said she's not gonna be a problem one way or the other and i was like what does that mean okay hiram confronts hermione and tries to expose her about the governor again i don't know but then Ronnie finally fesses up to destroying the drugs and she only owes Hiram $75,000. Yeah. And, and Hermione's like, okay. And then Ronnie's like, okay, I'm good with that. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I've I, got questions. I've got questions. I don't know. Also at this point, like both of your parents are like mega violent. So like, cool. Yeah. Um, why is she still living at home? Like, didn't she leave and then she was poisoned? So she came back, but should she leave again? And also she doesn't want to be involved in any of her parents stuff, but she seems really involved in all of her parents stuff. Once again, no one was at school except Betty. Oh my like God. <laughs> Betty, like went to Kevin in the student lounge. Oh wait, no, her and Jughead like had a little chat yeah. before class. But like once again, that that's all we saw in the school this episode. Well, they went to a serpents meeting there, but it right. wasn't a serpents meeting right. because it's their secret club, right? Um, swords and swords and serpents. There you go. Right. Which is, I'm sure, unrelated to. Griffins and Gargoyles. Well, it came up before Griffins and Yeah, you know, yeah, of course, of course, of course. I love how when Swords and Serpents showed up, we were like, oh, I get it. Yeah, it's about Dungeons and Dragons. And they were like, also Griffins and Gargoyles. I was like, so what's the truth? It's like, oh, I get it. So it's also Dungeons also and Dragons. Okay. Okay. Um, Hiram says that Tallboy and FP are were ex-serpents, so we know that about Tallboy, obviously. FP decided he was gonna leave the serpents, left Jughead in charge, but is now like, Jughead, please let me come back into the serpents. And Hiram knows about all of this? I don't think that, like, in my opinion, FP never stopped being a serpent. It's just that he stepped no, I, down I from his position of power in the right. serpents. Yeah. So maybe Hiram assumes that he's an ex-serpent because you can't be a serpent and the... Sheriff? Sheriff. <laughs> yeah. You know that's what? a conflict of interest. Yeah, I was literally like, don't say chief of police because that's not it. But mm -hmm. I have Hopper on the brain, apparently. Fair. So, yeah, that's definitely a conflict of interest. But then again, his wife is the mayor and she's the mayor and also crooked. Yeah. So. Who's to say? Yeah. Balancing act. Toledo Serpents Ugh. is now, like, <sighs> it was okay when we thought that Jellybean had made that up. Why is there branches of the serpents 
Like, they started in Riverdale, and they went that far. Like, no. Like, but did they start in Riverdale, or is the Serpents, like, a countrywide thing now? Is it more like- I feel like they're supposed- it's supposed to have started in Riverdale, right? Because- because Tony's- ancestors or yeah her like grandfather had like started it or something well maybe it's like the hell's angels where there's like different different like chapters yeah like i don't know but um yeah i would have honestly just been like okay so we're the tor to Hmm? Toledo torpedoes. yeah or like the toledo like tortoises you know something Uh something t because toledo serpents why can't i say toledo I don't know. Torlito? Neat. Sounds dumb. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have um, a lot of questions about why the governor was brought up in this episode. Okay. Was it supposed to throw us off the track or was that just Hiram throwing random dialogue in? Hmm. Because the governor wound up having nothing to do with any of this. I also had a few questions regarding uh, the governor. Okay. Um, my notes include... Donald Dooley. IDK what that's about. So that's one of them. Oh, wow. Iconic. Yeah, my other one was, why is Hermione only using his first name now? Why are they on a first name term? Why are they on first name terms? I feel because he is a crooked politician and the show is trying to send a message. But for some reason, okay, so it'd be fine if it was like, they always call him Governor Dooley. Always they call him Governor Dooley. That's how we know what they're talking about. And this time she calls him Donald. And it'd be fine if she only did it once. She does it the whole episode. But she does it like at least, wait, does she do it more than twice? Or is it just the twice? I think times? it's like, yeah, I mean, for me, the whole episode oh. is the two scenes Hermione was in. Yeah, yeah, she does it, like, if it was just the, the one time, then it'd be like, okay, but since she does it twice in one episode, I'm like, what's going like, on Oh, here? so you're in a first name basis? Yeah, so you had a whole thing about the governor. Well, my whole thing about the governor is, um, so Hermione, okay, answer, answer me this question. Okay. Did Hermione have a deal with the governor? Yes. Okay, what was the deal? The deal was... That she would give him money. Uh-huh. It's the money that she was going to get from Gladys from selling Hiram's drug stuff uh-huh. to cover up the quarantine, including Miss Mulray? Question mark? But I thought she'd already been paid. I yeah. Okay. So why were they covering up the quarantine if that was Hiram's responsibility? What? See what I mean? No, can you say that again? Why was it Hermione's job to cover up the quarantine? Because she's the mayor? I guess. That's all I can think See, of. See, this is what I mean, though, is when you make the plot lines this difficult and we have to sit here and try and what? figure out, like, the chain of succession in a political structure in a fictional town <laughs> that we have 10% of the information for, that's a mess. Let's call Donald and ask him. And it's like, I think it was because Hermione did... She, this is, like, this is the problem with creating this complex political structure that you then only, like, half-assedly tell the story of is... Some people are going to sit there and be yelling at their, like, phones and be like, this is how it works. But me, as someone who's, like, more of, like, a casual viewer in terms of, like, how deep I go into the world building, I'm sitting here going, what does a governor have to do with anything? Do you think his first name is Donald because he's a crooked politician? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely do. Um, so they're, they're trying to tell us something. I feel like you don't have to be told something that's just true, you know? They're they're giving us a stance. Mm, mm, makes sense. Mm. Makes sense. Mm. I like that, though, because that also implies... And given the stuff that happened this week with the Michael Cohen testimony and, Mm. like, finding more about, like, you know, mob connections and some guy whose last name really is Calamari, who they were involved with, Riverdale seems pretty on the mark in terms of, like, cartoon-level mobster corruption. Speaking of news that just came out recently, we totally forgot to mention that we're sending so many good vibes to uh, Luke Luke Perry. Perry. We're sending so many good vibes to Luke Perry 
for a speedy recovery for because it looks like he suffered a stroke. Yeah, that was that came out today, like the day that we're recording this. My grandpa recently had a stroke. So I know like, you know, if he was immediately hospitalized, like those that first hour is really important. So it looks like he is in good hands and hopefully he'll recover 100% depending on the type of stroke that it was. But yeah. that's crazy because he's so young too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I hope that he's okay. Me too. And I hope that when he's better, they give him, um, more to do on Riverdale. Yeah. Because- Why is Mr. Keller being a better dad than- Why is- Yeah. Why is Mr. Keller being the father figure to Archie when it should be his own father? Thanks. Literally, I have that written down here. Yeah. Because, uh, when was the last time you saw Fred? Uh, Midnight Club? Last episode. Yeah, but like- Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Okay. I retract my shade. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so Hiram is going to run the prison. Yeah. Gladys is going to be running the g- drug trade. Yes. FP is going to be stalking the prison with, like, what I'm guessing are innocent people. Is FP going to go along with this? I wonder if it's uh, kind of going to be, like, maybe a little bit black hoodie in the way that it's like, what? You made one mistake, sinner. Exactly. Into the prison you go. And I'm it's like- but But he's like- that, that, that's the problem is that FP has been like, yes, I, I promise yeah. this, these people that immunity, immunity mm-hmm. into the thing. And Gladys is like, yeah, no problem. Of course my husband can arrest people for you. But also at the same time, Gladys is like, these are our people now. So it's like, you want your own people to be arrested, but Gladys doesn't know about the immunity thing, I don't think. So it, it's confusing. Exactly. I and, and the person who's in the middle who should know what's going on is Gladys, but she's not, we have no idea what's what's happening. My, my whole thing is I have like a question of whether or not the show is going to do sort of, because you know how the show kind of clunkily mirrors real life sometimes? And I thought maybe they would take on like police corruption and be like, right. oh, okay, like, you know, a lot of innocent people who have, you know, committed minor like infractions are imprisoned because the criminal justice system needs what it basically amounts to free labor in the prisons. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering if they were going to kind of take on that topic, but I think they're probably going to do it in a really clumsy way that they usually do. Mm. So it's going to be messy, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. So this also kind of goes into Jughead's storyline too, but but we've... Hiram says Penny is MIA. Yeah. And then later in Jughead's storyline, Gladys says she took care of Penny. So that still doesn't tell us she's dead or not. If she's dead. I maintain no body, no death. Yeah. And also, Vern, who I definitely have thoughts on later, <laughs> says after they lost Penny and they lost Malachi. Where'd Malachi go? Where did Malachi go? Is this did another- Did we just miss that? No, no, no. no. Oh, okay, There's no okay. way. There's no way. There's- Because I was just on Malachi's Wikipedia page on the Riverdale Wiki and it didn't- And the last time we saw him was 301. Oh, and right. They, when- When um, they went to go get Hot Dog back? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and so he's like, when we lost Malachi. And he said it the way, like, we know that Penny was gone. like, And, and that's something we're supposed to know. Yes. But the way that he said, and after we also lost Malachi, made it seem like that was another thing that we were supposed to know about, but we literally haven't seen Malachi and no one's even really hardly brought him up. I think the implication might have been that Malachi, Malachi, mm. that Malachi joined the ghoulies, maybe? I don't know. I just feel like we would see. We yeah. Would see, well, Mal- wait, Malachi was already a ghoulie. You mean gargoyles? That's what it, ugh, there's too many goddamn gangs on this show now. So why and would half of them start with G? Why why would um Malachi, if he became one of the gargoyles, why wouldn't he be the leader instead of this Kurtz character? Well, what a great question that I don't have the answer to. I just like would like the answer as to where Malachi is. Thanks. Thanks. I mean he's definitely gonna come back again. 
You think so? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's an unwrapped up storyline. That's like a temptation. I would hope so. Yeah. Uh, What else? Um, I thought it was cool that Gladys was reading The Sophisticate, which is a synonym of cosmopolitan. Oh my god. Yeah. I love those little in-universe little jokes. Mm -hmm. Also, I love that Gladys is just kind of like stone cold in terms of how she does business. Yeah. Like at first I thought she was kind of like soft. No, 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 no. She is, she is a bitch and I like her so much. (laughs) (laughs) But I would rather have her run things than Hiram. Like, I already think she's a more compelling character. Right. But they all, they also are, like, in my opinion, they've softened Hiram a bit and, like, gave some of that hardness to Gladys. Now I'm like, which one am I supposed to hate more? Right. Still Ethel. Still Ethel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, this isn't actually relevant to this episode, hardly at all, but, like, when you have, like, a big bonfire fire that, like, Veronica did with mm-hmm. Reggie. Yeah. Um, you need permission from the mayor. Oh boy. Or like from the government at least. So I'm like, so not only, oh. <laughs> not only. <laughs> she broke the parks and recreation law. She, she, she broke the parks and recreation law and she went against her mom and dad. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. So my, my question along that same drug uh, line is how did those drugs only cost $75,000? Yes. That's my next question. Was 75k the amount she owed to Gladys? Question mark. Does she now owe 75k to both Gladys and Hiram? She did not seem to be super worried about the Hiram part. Right. She didn't seem to be super worried. And it makes me question how much money the Lodges actually have. Yeah, that should be chump change for Hiram. Yeah, because they paid off Fred's hospital bill, which was, what, 125 grand? On their Uh, American Excess card. Their black American Excess card. I thought it was 82. It could have been. So Ah. it's some number number? that was... Some number that was close to what the drugs were worth. So if they only had $75,000 worth of drugs, how are they supporting the lifestyle that they live? How how do you avoid Glamourge eggs? Hmm. 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 Like, does Hiram have other businesses that we just don't know about? Up in Montreal. Mm. Mm. He must be really in the maple business. Must be. Yeah. In the underground vault mm-hmm. that Canada keeps its maple syrup in. Yeah. None of that was a joke. We really do do that. Yeah, $75,000 just makes me wonder, you know? Like, uh, can I? Can Can Veronica owe me $75,000? What are you going to do with $75,000? I'm going to put it in the bank. Because that's like... I'm going to use it for rent. The weird thing about being an adult is realizing that when you live in a city, $75,000 gets you nothing in terms of like being able to buy property. Anything. Yeah. 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 You're like, great. I have my rent taken care of for like a couple years, maybe. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. 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 That's it. That's, that's all. That's me too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to do Jughead now just because those two storylines kind of go together. Yeah. So here is my thoughts, my summary on Jughead's storyline. All right. Okay. Okay. Jughead wakes up to a full family. FP sleeps on the couch. Jellybean drinks coffee. He learns from SPF that all of the girl serpents are defecting to the pretty poisons. He says he'll make it right. He asks Tony to come back, but he won't make her queen, so she refuses. Tony tells Cheryl about it at archery practice, and Cheryl decides to make them beat up SPF for no reason. Mm. Gladys wants to take over the ghoulies. Tony's pissed because Cheryl is taking over her gang. Jughead asks FP if he can promise the ghoulies immunity from the law, and FP says yes for some dumb reason. (laughs) Jug tracks down the last ghoulie, Vern, who tells him the new leader is some guy named Brian. I mean, Kurtz. (laughs) He goes to the drug den and finds Brian. I mean, Kurtz. And they have a chat. Brian is sounding a whole lot like Ethel. Gladys brings the gargoyles to her own home. 
and says they're working together now. Oh boy. It's not even her home. Right. That's FP's home. Yeah, just tell everyone where I live. Apparently. Says, no problem. Oh my god. Okay. So many questions. Yeah. First of all, I actually don't know where to start. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So many questions. Um, the pretty poisons defecting. What's up with the weird, like, like necessary gendering of There's everything? There's so much gendering this season and I have no idea what the deal is. They're like, oh, well, all the girls are defecting. And I'm like, first of all, yes, I would do that. Yeah. <laughs> but second of all, why are you doing that? Yeah. Like, is it that the serpents are for boys now? Which is not what the serpents were supposed to be about at all. No. And the pretty poisons weren't supposed to be like, I guess it was like a safe haven in a community of women, which I yeah. support. Yeah. I would join that. Am I the only one who can't take everyone referring to them as a pretty poison series? No, it's a bad name. We pretty poisons. And I'm like, Rather be called the vicious velociraptors. Vicious. I couldn't remember if you used vicious or vivacious. I was gonna say vivacious, but it unnecessarily gives sort of a mm. sexual. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was like vibrant velociraptors, and mm. I was like, no. no. But we are vibrant. Mm. Yeah. But we are vicious. We're okay. vicious and we're vibrant. Okay. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. So one of the other things I wanted to bring up just pretty immediately is that Gladys and FP are not sleeping in the same bed. Yay. But it is clear in this episode by everyone continuing to call her Mrs. Jones, and I believe FP is referred to as your husband, yeah. um, that they are not actually, like, officially separated. Yeah, they're not, like, legally divorced. Which costs money, so I guess I get it. Like, they, do you think yeah. they were like, we just don't have enough money to get officially divorced, but we are separated, actually go move away, please? No, I think it was like, we're not getting divorced because we're not ready to get divorced. Okay. And now it's been so long that it's just like, hey, whatever. Mm. Um, the thing that, like, makes me curious is they keep, like, setting up more and more relationships, like, with FP. And I'm like, what's going on with FP and Alice? Yeah. Like, are they still together? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's been how many episodes now? I'm like, is Gladys aware that he's with Alice? Is FP aware that Alice drowned? I have questions about Alice's relationship status in her storyline. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Tony is using the word legacy now in the same way that Cheryl was. So yeah, that's just a- that tracks. Um, so what are your thoughts on the weird, um, Shoney tension that seems to be going on here? I was actually talking to our friend Joanna about this on Twitter today, and I really appreciate it. You like it? I- not necessarily what it's about, yeah. but I do appreciate that they're having them- um, fight. Yeah. That they're letting them have nuance. Like, I'm a little bit, I, I have to say that I, I was a little bit worried because this does happen on other shows in which they'll be like, anyway, let's do other things with other characters. The gays are happy over there, right? Oh, yeah. Right, every point. Oh, hello, all the gay viewers, you appreciate the gays are happy? Yes? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, we'll let the gays continue to be happy over here while we explore other things. Exactly. I'm appreciating them letting the gays <laughs> have, just like last episode, lots of shoney, lots of coos. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> They're letting them exist like normal people exist rather yeah, than- Yeah, they have complexity. Yeah, exactly. yeah. That's what I like about it. And like, I, I hadn't thought about it like that, and so that actually makes me feel better. Because I was getting a little irritated that their relationship dynamic seems to be Cheryl takes and does whatever she wants, and then Tony has to deal with the fallout. Right. But it seems like in this episode, Tony stepped up and was like, I am like, I am like the, basically the, the queen here. Mm -hmm. And like- just because you started this doesn't mean that it's yours. Mm -hmm. But it did make me kind of like, I was like, mm, yeah, peace stop. Um, I thought it was so gross that she was like, fine, may like maybe I will. What if Jughead was like, yeah, yeah, you can be the queen. And then she was like, all right, well, come on, poisons, we're going back. Like, okay, yes. 
That would be hilarious. They're like, um, so you're going back to the surface? She's like, yeah, we all are. I'm the queen now, so. <laughs> so that's really all I want. What do we do with our jackets? Keep them? Uh, I don't know. We'll Sell just, them? We'll who just cares? scribble on the bat. We'll cross it out. Yeah. We got some white out somewhere. Yeah, Cheryl paid for them anyway, but who cares? Yeah, whatever. Um, but I thought it was so gross. Like, that made me cringe when she was like, make me the queen. And Jacket was like, I can't because of Betty. Oh my god. I'm like, Tony is a legacy in the freaking serpents. <laughs> Betty doesn't even do anything. She did a serpent dance once, and then sometimes she, like, mm, that's it. Betty? And then sometimes she's, like, around and, like, wears the jacket sometimes. Betty has done nothing to become the queen to earn that title except for date Jughead sometimes. What does the queen even do? Like, isn't she supposed to co-run the game? the king conquer? Ugh. That's it. That's all I've seen Betty do. I don't I mean, like Betty's, that. Betty's doing her own thing. Like, obviously she's busy and stuff, and maybe if she wasn't so busy, she would do, do more things with the serpents. But it's cute that Tony isn't asking Betty to join the, the pretty poisons. Oh my god. Oh my god. I love that. Wouldn't that be the biggest slap in the face to Jughead? Imagine stealing the <laughs> serpent queen out from under him. Yeah. <gasps> oh my god. She's like, well... Like, Cheryl and I are the queens of this one, but you can be the princess. If you want. And Betty's like, okay. Okay. <laughs> it's a demotion, but I'll take it. I want Ronnie to join the Pretty Poisons next. Yes. It's just like when Ronnie joined the Pussycats in season one, we were like, yes. Exactly. Oh, man, remember the Pussycats? Yeah. Remember how that was a thing? Yeah. Where'd they go? Mm. Battle okay? It's interesting that Jughead fully sees through it and knows that it's Cheryl's. Like, knows the gang is Cheryl's and not Tony's. It makes me so sad. Like, let Tony have a little bit of agency. Because yeah. Cheryl just bowls over her, and that is, like, one of the parts of their relationship that I do not like. Yeah. Is Cheryl, like, doesn't take Tony into consideration because she's an inherently, like, selfish person. Yeah. And that's and true. And and she's- That's fine. She's trying. She's trying really hard, but she's gonna fall back on, like, her- Learned behavior. Exactly. Yeah. Cheryl calls Tony something in French. It means honey or sweetheart. Well, that's soft. Okay. I want to talk about the Sweet Pea and Fangs thing now. Oh boy. Oh boy. Hey, y'all just um grab a snack, settle in, because Robin's about to monologue. Okay, so first of all, the first thing we do is when they walk out of Pops, they're flipping a coin for nothing. <laughs> I, I, I maintain that they were just flipping a coin for fun. They were like, hey, do you want to play Heads or Tails? And one of them's like, for what? And they're like, no, just for fun. Like, okay. They're just dummies. They can't do anything. Okay. Well, they, they're pretty good at killing people at this point. No, that was an accident. That's a good point. They're actually really bad at killing people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there have been a few times in this show where we've been like, um, that writing's a little lazy. Couldn't you have thought of something else? A few times? Yeah. I would say like a, more than a few. Give me some examples. Well, that's not fair. I, I, can't, go- I couldn't think of any off the top of my head, honestly. I'm like, I don't remember the last time we said that. Well, fine then. Okay. Anyway, this is one of the biggest examples of lazy writing mm-hmm. that I've seen this show do. And and I wouldn't even say that's because my favorite characters are Sweet Pea and Fangs. Of course, obviously my characters are Sweet Pea and Fang- Fangs. They're my favorites. Um, and of course, so I am going to defend them and their honor. But you also are completely, like, just to, like, give you credit, mm-hmm. you are also very aware that they are tertiary characters yeah. at best, and that your attachment to them is based on, like, you know, like, headcanon, stuff that you can fill in, mm-hmm. like, stuff that, like, you get to witness and then build on in your head. That, and that's the best part. Yeah. It's so fun. And that's how you interact with the show, whereas, like, for someone like me, I like the parent, like, the parental characters. I like but, the parental characters, too. Yeah, but you like, like, your your brand is tiny characters. You and like side anti-heroes. characters. Yes. So they're literally side characters who are brooding anti-heroes. Exactly. So basically, y'all knew this was gonna happen when they first showed up. So, 
But like having said that, I think you're completely valid in this interpretation that you're about to say. So here's the thing. Do Sweet Pea and Fangs have super big fleshed out characters? No, but there are pieces of their characters that we have been given. And what we're given in this episode goes completely against what we have been given in previous episodes about them. For example, literally last episode, Sweepy was like, Josie, I respect you and I respect your boundaries. I want to be your boyfriend, but if you don't want to be my boyfriend, then that's okay. We just have to be, we just have, what did I mess up? You just... I want to be your boyfriend if you don't, don't. want to be my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I sh- just ship SPM so much. Um, but like, he's like, if you don't want to be in a relationship with me, that's okay. I need to keep my distance though, because I am a fleshed out person who knows what I want. We love characters with boundaries. Okay. Fangs is like, hello, my mom was, my mom was sick. I, I'm a co- also a complex person who has problems and tries his best. And sometimes accidentally kills people. Whoopsie-daisy. Things happen. You know, yeah, just another day in Riverdale. But making them sexist for literally just this one scene is lazy writing because, first of all, they're completely forgetting- I don't think that the writers are forgetting that Tony was friends with Sweet Pea and Fangs. And she has been friends with them for, like, years. Mm -hmm. Back before season two. Way back before. But I think what they are forgetting is that Cheryl was friends with them. You know, they played G&G together. They were very, very close. Um, They hung out, like, every night. Like, sometimes when Jughead, like, showed up that one time and was like, hey guys, do you want to play? They were all sitting around the fire just together, all four of them. You know? Like, they're very good friends. And so it's hard for me to believe that Cheryl would go out there and just be like, hey, we need to beat up some serpents. You know who we're gonna choose? Our literal friends. Yeah. Like, that's so stupid. And also... Unless that was meant to be a power move, being like, we will even, like, frack up our friends. But that's... That's that's messed up. That doesn't inspire loyalty. Exactly. And Sweepy and Fangs have literally seen Cheryl use archery and, um, like, hit a freaking pop can on top of Jughead's head. Yeah. They really respected Jughead in that moment, but you know who else deserved respect in that moment that I think that they totally respected? Cheryl. Cheryl! Holy crap! Do you know how much she can do? So the fact that they're like, hey, what, women can do things? As if, when it could have just easily, just as easily made the exact same the exact conflict the exact yeah. same conflict if they had said wow Cheryl you kind of suck maybe you deserved to be kicked out just like Jughead did kick you out so you're not because you're not being loyal and you were a bad friend and a bad person yeah that's literally like then it would make sense with all of her characters it wouldn't make Sweepy and Fangs be garbage for literally no reason yep they could have made it about loyalty to the serpents and been like just because you're ex-serpents doesn't mean you can turn on your fellow serpent yeah you know what I mean that would have yeah that literally would have been so freaking easy would have been like are you really trying to like corner us when we're like we used to be serpents together you can't do that but instead the narrative was like what's the laziest way to piss off a group of women be really sexist at them and i'm like this is insulting to literally everyone in this scene including cheryl and it's just like it's yeah, lazy that it's literally just like an easy thing that they could do and it's like it's because they want us to think that cheryl is in the right yeah you know they're just like if we make sweet pea and fangs jerks yeah then they'll be on cheryl's side mm-hmm. i'm still not on cheryl's side Yep. I'm on I'm on Tony's side, maybe. Definitely Sweet Pea and Fang's side, even though they did that for no reason. I, I I'm gonna completely disregard that because it has it's completely out of character. And if you I've told you guys to follow Jordan and Drew on Instagram because they are delightful. If you know Jordan and Drew, like and you I watched that episode last night and I was like, this is painful for them and you can see it. Yeah. 
they're both like raging feminists and they would never like ugh, my gross. whole thing is like i think in general sexism is lazy writing and it's bad writing yeah um if you have to resort to sexism in order to or in order to get to the root of a conflict then you've already lost yeah because elevated writing shouldn't require such base prejudices yeah right so it's like <laughs> if if you're gonna write this complex relationship between gang members considering the serpents already had like kind of weird issues around women and this show kind of has a lot of gendered stuff in mm-hmm. the first place to just very like put at the baseline be like yeah um girls can't have a gang and i'm like are you kidding me yeah like this show is often dumb and it's often stupid but it's not always ignorant yeah and that was just ignorant mm-hmm. you know it's like it, it's also my problem with game of thrones is like it falls back on sexist tropes in order to say, like, oh, well, these are the bad guys and these are the good guys. And mm-hmm. so you can tell the bad guys are there because they're sexist. And I'm like, really? Because you're in the middle of a huge war for a throne? Don't you think you could really make the conflicts about that instead of what's between someone's legs? Yeah. I don't know. So that was just, like, I watched that and I was just like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Like, I could see exactly what the writers were doing. I, d- I don't like it. I don't think anyone's justified here. I think Cheryl's in the wrong. And um, SPF, like... That's not even them. I don't even... Okay, like, I literally... And you know this, like, I don't really care that much about, like, SP and Fangs and SP and Fangs, Sweet P and Fangs, in terms of, like, being really emotionally invested in their characters. And I was like, this is stupid. Yeah, that's not who they are. Yeah. Another weird thing is that Cheryl goes, ladies, introduce yourselves. I'm like, "Mm, Sweet P literally said at the beginning of this episode that half of your gang is their gang. Yeah. You know, they don't have to introduce themselves. Sweet P and Fangs know that half of your gang are badass ladies because they have been in the same gang as them for a really long time. But introduce yourselves just meant beat the crap out of them. No, I know, but like... Oh, you just didn't like the line. No, why would you say that when they already know them? Mm, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, the sexism really jumped out in this episode. Mm-hmm. Cheryl says that it's... After Tony kind of yells at her, she says uh, it's as clear as Sh- San Junipero sparkling water. So, of course, we're bringing up San Junipero again, um, which fully exists in this... Yeah, it exists, canon. Yeah, because that's where Joaquin went. Can you tell everyone what San Junipero is? I actually made you rewind the episode because um, we were sitting and we were talking for some reason during the scene, and I heard the tail end of the word Junipero, and I was like, "Did they just say San Junipero? You have to go back." Um, because Gay Radar is San Junipero. Okay, but is that not how I say? I'm such a shrieky person. <laughs> you didn't scream. I know, but like in my head, I was screaming. Okay. San Junipero is from Black Mirror, and it's basically, like, their happiest and best episode um, about a uh, two women who fall in love in basically what amounts to... Paradise. A, yeah, Paradise, which is more of, like, a digital afterlife. Yeah. Um, and the digital afterlife is San Junipero. So it's always, like, like a little, like, gay clue. Mm. It's like, oh, okay. That's here, like, here. yeah, when Joaquin went to San Junipero and everyone was like, like, is he okay? And then he came back and then he wasn't okay. No. Yeah. But she says that it's as clear as sparkling water. And I'm like, if it's sparkling water, doesn't that mean it's not totally clear because you because of all the bubbles? Shut up. I don't like that logic. That is good logic. I was like, why would you say sparkling? <laughs> like, oh yeah. Um, good. Totally. So Vern. Vern. I was like, what the heck is the deal with Vern? Tell me about Vern. So, I googled Vern Riverdale just to see if, I don't know, anything would come up. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Something did. Oh my god, what was it? Well, in 206, which is the, um, the Drag Race episode... Someone, you said Drag Race, and I immediately like took me out because we have Drag Race to watch tonight. Hi, everyone. Season one of Drag Race has started, so if you're not watching that, 
Go watch that. Go watch it. The first Canadian queen is on this season. We are rooting for her. Thanks. Brooklyn Heights, be good. Please be good. Represent our country. Yeah. Just in general, actually. That's it. That's all I got mm. for you. So, Vern is Reggie's Jingle Jangle guy from season two, episode six, in which Betty and Veronica try to buy Jingle Jangle, and then they follow the guy to Malachi in, in like, little den thing, yeah? Oh, wasn't he weirdly sexist? He called them bitches, right? Malachi did. Oh, yeah, Malachi was like, these are your bitches. Yeah. Right? And then she said, excuse your misogynistic pardon. There you go. Um, Either way, that was Vern, and I went back and looked at the episode, and he's wearing the exact same jacket, so you know it's him. And I literally, that jacket came on screen, and I was like, that's fashion. Yeah. I was like, I was like, the look, I was like, the look of this guy, I'm like, this is fashion. Mm -hmm. I loved it. So he gives them to, or basically he's like, Jughead, here's where you need to go. He wants us to go see a dude named Kurtz. What the heck kind of name is that? K-U-R-T-Z, Kurtz. I assume that's his last name. Yeah, I've heard that before. So his name probably starts with K. <laughs> yeah. Because that's how alliterations work in this What do you think universe. his name is? I'd like it to be um, Kurt. Mm-hmm. Kurt Kurtz. Because his parents hate him. Right. I'm going to go for Carl Kurtz. Carl Kurtz. Carl with a K. Okay. You know, like, yeah. Chloe Kardashian is Chloe with a K? Yeah. Carl Kurtz. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh my god, what if he's the lost Kardashian? And his name is actually Kurtz Kardashian. <laughs> Done. Head canon approved. So Kurtz is being played by Jonathan Whitesell, who mm-hmm. was on The 100 for like a season and a half? Yeah, I like that show. Yeah, like a season and a half? <laughs> Brian was on. He was on there for three and then half of four, question mark? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and he played a guy named Brian. So if we accidentally call him Brian, that's what we'll do. Just like we call Mad Dog, Mad Dog Wells sometimes. Who, by the way, is coming back because KJ... Posted a picture of him on his Instagram story. I knew he wasn't dead. Knew it. Yeah. And I'm so excited. We Honestly, we called every time we're like, "Mm, he's coming back. Yeah. And then he does. So, shout out to Brian, which is a better name than Kurtz. I don't know. I kind of dig in Kurtz. Kurtz with a Z. Yeah. It's got some early 2000s flair to it. Don't worry about it. Matches the dude, I guess. There you go. Do you think he was originally a ghoulie or a serpent? Because, Because Vern didn't know him personally. Vern was like some guy named whatever. But So he wouldn't be originally a ghoulie. But if he was originally a serpent, then Jughead would know him. So is Kurtz just like I think he's one just of the first dude. gargoyles? Do you think he was maybe yeah. one of the first gargoyles? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to call that my theory. Done. Is that he was one of the very first gargoyles and that's why he's the leader. Done. And he's not from the ghoulies or the serpents. Oh, so there's this wall of crossed off names that we saw in the trailer. Mm-hmm. And we went through it like a bunch of times to see who all was on it. And it was like Joaquin, Warden Norton, Dilton, all of the sisters... Oof. And then Ben was on it. I have a question for you. Yes. Do you think that's a hit list or is it a list of the dead? No, because Archie is also on it in the trailer and so is Ricky D, who we think is gonna- who's that little kid in the trailer. Yeah. And, um, Archie still has Sacrifice branded on him. So I think it's a hit list. But, like, why would the sisters all be on a hit list? Like, why do the sisters have to die? Well, we don't know if they also had Sacrifice branded onto them? I don't know. Yeah, I think this is a thing for next episode, I think. But either way, this wall of names actually came up in the in this episode. I noticed that when Jughead was sitting talking to Brian, it was he was literally sitting against that wall. And you could see it if we had been paying attention. Which but we were more focusing on like the character and what they were saying. Another one I had was just that the blue and orange lighting is kind of cool. Yeah, I I, I, honestly I'm a hope for blue and orange lighting. Mm. Brittany. 
Actually, I'm more of a hoe for blue and purple. Yes, Robin. Do we trust this guy? No. No? No. Because we have to work with him now. I don't, I still don't trust him though. No? No. And he, like, he runs with the gargoyles. Right. I so don't trust that. We definitely don't trust him when it comes to, like, trusting him with Jughead and stuff. Mm -hmm. Do we trust what he's saying though? Like, do we trust that he no. knows what he's actually talking about, about the Gargoyle King. I think he knows what he's talking about, but I think whatever information he gives is given to him by the Gargoyle King. Right, so, but do you think he knows more than Ethel did? Yes. I think so too, because he's talking to the actual Gargoyle King and not some hallucination, which is what Ethel was looking at. Uh, right? And that's somehow tied into the real Gargoyle King and my head hurts. Yeah. I just, at the point where Gladys brings them all into their house. Oh my god. And Jellybean has her slingshot and Jughead has his knife just ready. Like, they just have it. They're like, haha, we're watching TV. <laughs> yeah, like, how armed were they? Oh my god. Jellybean had her slingshot? Yeah. Fully thought that was a gun the whole time. No. Cool. That's cool. only for, uh, what's her freaking name? Gracie Lake. Right, 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 <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. She's the only right, kid right. who's allowed a gun. Imagine naming your kid Gracie Lake. Gracie Lake. I'm sorry if your name is Gracie Lake, by the way. Yeah. I just think you shouldn't name anyone... Gracie if they don't pop out of the womb as a 90 year old woman <laughs> you know Gracie yeah I think Gracie is an old lady name that's funny because um the girl who plays Evelyn she played Gracie on Orphan Black oh my god oops which was another person who was in a cult so mm, typecast yeah there you go okay so Jughead like basically leaves the freaking den of the gargoyles or whatever but then later Gladys brings them all in and she's like I did what you did or like I did what you couldn't or something like that so what did Gladys do that Jughead didn't do she had the fortitude and the power did to she, convince them to come into the serpents did she promise them anything else that Jughead didn't promise them because Jughead yeah. literally promised them immunity for for sure and it's probably drugs oh okay yeah she's like if you if we get fizzle rocks again yeah. Den, Den, you guys can see the Gargoyle King more because you're crazy and high all yeah. the time. Yeah, and she has the power to do that because now she runs the drug trade. Okay. That's all I had for that one. So like it or not, do you want to talk about Archie? But first, you know, what's Patreon? But first, let me take a selfie. Hey, what's Patreon? I don't know what Patreon is. Oh. Um, actually, just kidding. Patreon, it sounds like we're advertising for Patreon. Um, What's we're not. Patreon? We're advertising for us on Patreon. <laughs> and so in case you're interested in going to a new website, it's called patreon.com slash the aficionados. You should just like go check it out. Um, it's a service where you can donate to your favorite creators if you like what they're doing um, because it helps fund what they're doing, basically. Um, so our donation started a dollar a month because like a dollar goes a long way for us. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you're interested in trying to help out us host five podcast five podcasts um then we would really appreciate that yeah because uh paying for unlimited soundcloud is really rough yeah uh especially with four different feeds oops thanks um out. one cool thing that you do get yeah we have perks yeah uh the main one is that you get things early so if you're like i don't want to get the riverdale podcast on sundays i want to get it on saturdays great news pay one dollar a month or more on our patreon and you can do that um but if you can't afford to help us on patreon that's totally okay um the next best thing that you can do is uh recommend us to a friend there you go thanks let's talk about archie must we? You're the one who said it before. No, I know. It's just like, I just want to get out of the way that I don't like Archie. I was, I'm so uninterested in Archie's storyline. And I'm trying. And like, I feel like the show is also trying because it doesn't know what to do with him. So they keep sticking him in different storylines. In different which sports. Ones. Yeah. He did football and then wrestling. Uh, and then he did wrestling. And now he's doing boxing. I just feel like maybe sports are 
it's not his future. One Dancing thing is not your future. That was kind of cool though. Is that like, do you remember like way way at the beginning? I think it was like literally in season one when they were like, Kevin, you look great or whatever. When they were like mm-hmm. working on Fred's thing, and he was like, I like my sports more one on one like boxing and now it kind of works out because her, his dad is like a boxing coach I guess. Yeah there was better continuity with like the Kellers than mm-hmm. there is with like most plot lines. Yeah. Alright so here's what happened in the Archie plot line whether we want to hear it or not. Josie and Archie keep trying to spend time together but they're both just oh so busy. Archie is super obsessed with boxing now but I think he's a fake boxing fan whatever. Can he even name five of their albums? Mm. He wants Tom to get him into a real fight because Tom's his coach. But Tom points out that he's been boxing for like five minutes and Foley is not ready for that. Archie ignores that advice and takes a fight Elio offers him for $5,000 on the condition that he loses. Archie, you have rocks for brains. Also, he really shouldn't be in a sport where he's hitting the head all the time. <laughs> yeah. Tom is not impressed. Josie is at first until Archie tells her that he has to throw the fight. She tells him that he's better than that because, of course, Josie's biggest purpose is to counsel Archie. Chief called and said, this ain't it. Archie tries to bail on Elio, but Elio's like, nah, and if you try and win, we'll destroy you. Gee, Archie, how could this have been avoided, I wonder? Archie goes back to Tom and tells the da- and gets the dad help he needs, but doesn't deserve. Archie tells Elio the deal is off and that he's going to fight to win because Tom trained him oh so well in, like, the day in between these two events. Josie sings while Archie he basically just survives the fight and doesn't die, which is more than he could have expected, to be honest. Josie's proud of him, so they kiss and stuff. And that's the whole the whole plot. Yeah. yeah. Um, Josie says that she's meeting with the college advisor, so I'm just proud of her for not giving up, even though she didn't get into Juilliard. Uh, yep. Yeah. Good for her. Mm-hmm. She's valid. Where do you think she's gonna go? Somewhere in New York, I suspect. When Troy didn't get into Juilliard, he went to the University of California? Well, uh, this isn't the high school musical universe. Oh. No matter how much it may actually appear that it is. Thank you for sneezing right in the <laughs> middle of that, Kobe. <laughs> my cat is here and he is sneezing while I talk. But where is Katie Keens at? Uh, New York. So probably NYU then? Yeah. That's gonna be cool for Francis. <laughs> <laughs> she has the same alma mater as Josie. I'm making sure that Troy actually did go to the University of California. Yeah, because that's what's important here. Yeah! It's called Berkeley, though. It says University of California, Berkeley. Oh, yay! Doink! I think for Archie that it must be nice to wear gloves while he's hitting people. Yeah. Just protects those a, knuckles. He spent a lot of time uh, not wearing gloves. And also, how are Archie's hands not broken after punching ice? Um, I will never get over that. Thanks. I will never get over that. And now he knows that there is something that you can do and wear mm. to protect your hands when punching ice. Yeah. Wild. Or starting weird gangs where dudes are shirtless. It's like shirtless, but then wear gloves. <laughs> you know? He's like, hey, listen, Tom. <laughs> I learned to fight at L&L. And he's like, yeah, you did. But not well or right. Yeah, you didn't learn to fight. You learned to just beat the shit out of someone until yeah. one of you died. So maybe not the best. Yeah. I love that, like, literally Tom lays out for him. He's like, yeah, you got some power and you got a good stance, but um, you have no technique. And I'm like, yeah, that's just Archie's entire existence. Yeah. yeah. I would do a lot of things for $5,000. Mm-hmm. I don't know about this, though. You wouldn't take a hit for $5,000? No. I would. Yeah, but I'd take a hit, but not re-rounds of hits. Oh, no. Well, they're- Yeah, I like having my ribs where they are. Yeah. In their uncracked state. Mm. So, hmm. So, I thought that the boxing was just supposed to be, like, an outlet for him. Yeah. You know, something to work with. And now, and now he's he... trying to turn it into a career. Yeah, that's- I thought that was weird. Because even Josie was like, um, oh, are there boxing scholarships? And he was like, No. Yeah, that's not a thing. Archie Andrews is not going to be a boxer. I feel like I can just safely predict that. I Honestly, I can't predict what the heck Archie's going to be at this point. Like, isn't he- he's obviously going to end up a musician, right? I hope not. 
I mean, I don't know what the hell, like, the show doesn't know what they're gonna do with him. I, I, I don't know what they're gonna do with him. I want him to take over Andrew's construction. I, yeah, I want him to do something that isn't, um, wasting Tom's time. Yeah. 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 They just use Elio for anything weird or under the table. Yeah, they were just like, hey, we need some teenage mobster stuff. And yeah. Elio's like, yeah. I'm happy for the guy who plays Elio, but I'm like, eh, another little lazy thing. And it's like, what is El- why is Elio spending so much time in Riverdale? Exactly. He doesn't even live here, I don't know. Doesn't he, like, live in New York? Yeah, he, like, lives somewhere else, for sure. All right. Okay, there was a fun Easter egg, though. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who Archie is fighting is named Randy Ronson. And there were a lot of new names this episode, but Randy Ronson was the only one that mattered. Okay. So Randy Ronson, he was in the, um, the Archie Comics characters wiki. Okay. And he was under a category called Katie's Boyfriends. <gasps> yeah. Uh, which is gonna be about Katie Keene. Katie has had many recurring boyfriends over the years including K.O. Kelly, a boxer, and Randy Van Ronson, K.O.'s rich rival. So that's how they're going to start folding Josie in there. <gasps> I love that. Yeah. So that is the first time we've gotten something from Katie Keene. I feel like maybe not, actually. I feel like this brings me upsetness. A feeling of upsetness. Not upset, but upsetness. Because that means that the boxing storyline isn't over. Oh, true. Yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe that was just an Easter egg. Yeah. My next note was just, Tom is a good coach and Archie just sucks. Yeah. Tom is the dad that Archie doesn't deserve, but, and doesn't even need because he has his own good dad. Archie doesn't even deserve his own good dad. Yeah. Oh, my next note was just, pick a sport, Archie. He's, he's, he's trying stuff out. I guess so. Just different contact sports. Archie is risking his life because Josie told him he was being lame, question mark. Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, God, that's valid, though. He's like, I gotta impress a girl. And it's like, she's yeah. Not, he doesn't even know if she's gonna be there. She's literally told him that she has other plans. Okay, this is my thing, though. This is where I stop making jokes. Because Josie has had no friggin' plot line mm-hmm. for, like, three seasons. And now she's getting more screen time. And why? Because it serves Archie's plot. Yeah. So it's like, once again, you have a black woman being like the council and the moral compass to a white dude. That's not good. That's bad. Josie should have had crazy good plot lines by now. Like she's a gorgeous singer. She's been a main this whole time. And you would not, you would never know it. No, you would literally never know it. Because like even Tony gets to do more than Josie does. Yeah, because Tony became a a main this season and you can tell. Man, if Josie had like joined the serpents, that would have been a hell of a plot line. Yeah. That would have been so cool. Or like cool. joined Betty in any investigations or anything, but yeah. they just insist on like not having Josie do anything. And then when she does, all she does is like play second fiddle to the other main characters. Yeah. I hate that. I'm happy for her. I can't wait for her to go go yeah. off somewhere else. Not because I don't want her here, but because I think she can do more and I'm yeah. excited for her. She'll be way better used in another show. Elio throat motion. Lol, how mob can you be? Oh my god. That was ridiculous. We burst out laughing when that happened. It's ridiculous, but now, like, knowing everything that's going on in America, that's probably, like, not as ridiculous as we think it is. Ew. Yeah. Um, I love little Canadian Martin Cummins. Oh my god! Little Martin Cummins plays Tom Keller, and he accidentally let his Canadian accent slip through, and we love him so much. It was really bad, too. Um, you're gonna have to knock him out. You're gonna have to knock him out, he said. And it's like, wow. What are you, us? You're gonna have to knock him out. If you want to win this fight, you're gonna have to knock him out. You gotta go for the KO. And it's like, ooh, buddy. And I went and checked. 
Certainly is Canadian. Certainly is Canadian. Yeah, I checked. The judges' names are Williams, Anderson, and Patterson. Cool. Doesn't mean anything to me. No. Doesn't mean anything to me either. Cool. But I like bringing those things up because if somebody else realizes what it means, then they can tell us. I'm literally sitting here going, I wonder if their names like are an anagram for anything. No, it's just the word paw. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, or WAP. I, I got to WAP first and then I was like, no, pop. <laughs> uh, honestly, happy for Josie for getting a makeout scene. Um, yeah. Because once again, Josie's a main and I'm pretty sure everybody has had a makeout scene slash sex scene except for her. Yeah. You know, like we said last episode and many episodes before, she had a weird thing with Reggie, then Chuck, then Sweet Pea, but none of them are ever the like main characters enough to warrant us seeing their weird teenage libidos. Yeah, I'm, like, torn between, like, oh, okay, like, Josie finally gets screen time because she's sleeping with the main dude. Gross. And, yeah. oh, good for her. And yeah. then also, oh, but she's 16. There's a lot yeah. all wrapped up in this, you know? I mean, it's been 16 or 17. Yeah. Um, it's been, like inferred slash implied that she's already done a bunch of this, like, with Sweepy multiple times, but now it's with Archie. That's all I had for Archie. Yeah, I don't have anything else either. Cool. Hey, Brittany, have you heard of any cool, um, Riverdale cons that are happening in Vancouver? Um, yeah, I totally have. It's so weird that you asked me that. Oh, wow. Tell me, tell me more. Um, there's this con, and it's called Sweet River Con. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, probably not, though, because you asked me. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this bit's going really well. Yeah. Um, it's by Unity Events Canada. They uh-huh. did a little con called Unity Days. For oh, three I years love Unity Days. I know. I thought you enjoyed that. It's I weird that time. you haven't heard about it because you went to re- Unity Days. Um, mm. womp. Yeah, that's really awkward for you. Oh well. Anyway, um, it is in November, and our lineup so far of guests that we know are there: Camila, mm-hmm. Machen, Skeet. And Vanessa. Yeah. And there's more to come. There will be... It's going to be good. It's I'm go- very excited. It's going to be really good. <laughs> I'm really excited about it. Yeah. So if you're up for uh, coming to Vancouver in November, um, it's actually quite pleasant. November's here. Are Not lo- too bad. They're lovely, yeah. actually. Then you should come to Sweet Vercon. Duh. Yeah. And um, if you're interested in doing meet and greets, the meet and greets on there are like way cooler than meet and greets on in other cons you know because sometimes it's meet and greets like hi nice to meet you take a picture bye you know but the the meet and greets that unity events has done with ud3 yeah and with this one it's really cool because you get to um eat a meal with them and so you have like Although there are m- many of you around there, you still all get to, like, have a chat, right? You had a, you yeah. had a meet and greet this year. Um, yeah, I did a meet and greet in Unity Days with uh, Paige Turco, and you basically, there's only, I think, something like nine spots, and you it's basically like a roundtable discussion for about half an hour to 45 minutes, um, just you one-on-one with, or not, I guess nine-on-one, um, with whoever you buy the meet and greet for, and it's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, more fun things, and soon we will be having a small little interview with one of the creators slash founders of Unity Events Canada to come talk to us about it. Um, And yeah, no promises exactly when that'll be, but it's coming up. Yeah. Yeah. So Betty. So Betty. Here is my summary of Betty. Alice is getting her wedding dress altered for her baptism into the farm. Betty starts doing some research to make sure it's safe. It's not. Alice has signed a waiver that says the farm isn't at fault if she heckin' dies. Kevin won't even help because he's been talking to Evelyn and he has also gone crazy. She starts calling up farm escapees and no one will talk to her except Martha. Martha says that her sister Marigold drowned during her baptism and Betty runs off leaving her in the bunker. 
I guess. Betty runs to the baptism where Alice is fully being murdered by her own daughter. Betty saves her though. Alice somehow still thinks it was a good idea. She says she's going to sell their house so they can all be together. It's BS. Weird that um, the cult is full of women who seem to be just giving up all of their property and money to serve at the pleasure of one man. Hmm. Hmm. It's realistic for cults, though. Oh, for sure. Like, um, uh, I brought up Nixium again, um, talking to an escapee. Mm-hmm. That podcast that we have, yeah. been, have been talking about from the CBC was, was mainly, you know, about one escapee. Yeah. Um, coming forward and telling her story. So, makes sense. Yep. Betty says that she hasn't seen any pictures of Edgar Evernever. And I'm like, it's because you're not looking up Chad Michael Murray. But also, he's too handsome for pictures. Chad Michael Murray's handsome, but... He also cheated on his girlfriend. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, she um, clearly isn't Googling right. Yeah. But also, like, Chad Michael Murray is way too young to have a grown-ass daughter. Well, she's a teenager. Still, though. Who? Who's her mom? Yeah! Where's Evelyn's mom? Ew! Is Alice supposed to be Evelyn's new mom? See, that's my new theory. Ew! I have thoughts on this. Tell me them... Oh, okay, I'll, one sec. Um, 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 yes. Why does Alice say her family and then also Evelyn and Edgar? So at the very end of the thing, she's just like, yeah. we'll all be together. Me, you, Polly, Ugh. the twins, Edgar, Evelyn, all of us. And I'm like, why are they included in this? Is she being groomed to be his new wife or some crap? Alice, aren't you dating FP? Hmm. Alice, you have a child with FP. Hmm? What is going on? If he's not dead, which we don't think he is. I don't think he's dead. <clears throat> this is, that's another one I had. Um, 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 um. Who all has gone through this baptism? Why is Alice special? Yeah, that's my question because they were like, oh, well, the baptism's kind of dangerous. And I'm like, well, yeah, because you drown. Yeah. A lot of people don't come back from being drowned. Like, it makes sense... You know, you'd think that, oh, Evelyn has gone through this, but maybe it's like, you're my daughter, you're already holy or exactly. whatever, so you don't have to do it. But it's like, okay, so why didn't Polly fully die when she got her baptism? Unless she hasn't gotten one because Alice is special because she's being groomed to be his new wife. I think it's that. I think so too. I think it was, um, what was her name? Martha? Martha and Mary Gold's the one that died. I think Mary was being groomed the same way. Yeah. And so, like, I'm really creeped out and I don't like any of this. Yeah. And, like, the weird, like like bridal stuff going on and stuff like i'm like okay right ch- chill out this is just the riverdale version of the chilling adventures of sabrina yeah now that i'm thinking about it and and i didn't look for this specifically because i literally just came up with it right now but alice is the only one who's in like a wedding dress mm-hmm. everyone else is just wearing white yeah so hmm and edgar didn't even bother to show up to this <laughs> what a jerk i was like isn't this your own <clears throat> wedding what if what if Betty was like, I can't find any pictures of him. She ran into the baptism and she was like, oh, hey. You're like, oh, you're, you're right here. Are you Chad Michael Murray? That's so weird. I loved you on One Tree Hill. Yeah. Uh, the dress is ugly. I'm glad they fixed it. I like that there's no explanation for why it was fixed. Yeah, she just said she needed it to be altered. Yeah. Probably because she was like, because it's ugly now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Polly is dressed like a mom. So it makes sense that she's a mom. Remember that time that Polly um, decided that her mom was going to be baptized, so she drowned her mom? I have no sympathy for Polly. Yeah. I um I have no love for Polly. I Where are the twins? I don't have anything nice to say. Where are the twins? What yeah, where are those? She like they bring up the twin I guess having babies on set must be a nightmare though. Oh fully. 
But like every time we see Polly, her kids, I'm like, who's babysitting your kids? Do you just leave them at the farm? They're still <laughs> babies. Like it's not like they're like toddlers or like kids' kids who are like running around whatever and can do whatever they want. I have a like, horrible full theory on babies. for you. Did they actually fall in the fire? Is that what your theory is? No. Someone took her kids and actually gave them to Hilda and Zelda. Oh. And that's who has um, the twins. Okay. Um, and that's where Hilda and Zelda's uh, twins came from on Chilling Adventures with Sabrina. Gotcha. Yeah, I gotta figure it out. Okay. 23-hour fitness. What is the one hour that is not open? Yeah. What? Which hour do you think it is? Like, I, I don't have any stake in this game. Uh, it makes sense, you know? It's like, that's the hour where they, like, clean and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, sure, 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 sure. And reset everything. Uh-huh. I just want to know which hour it is. Well, I heard that um, it was 3 a.m. Three to four? Yeah, because that's the witching hour, you know? Makes sense. Yeah, they're like, we can't be open this hour. It's haunted. Okay. Okay. Betty says her blood is on your hands, Polly, like if she dies. And Polly is literally the one who holds her under the water. So cool. What a neat thing that you did, Polly. What that's so neat and fun and good and fresh. Betty talks about Google. So Google is normal in this world. I'm so unhappy that they didn't come up with a Google alternative. And I'm more unhappy that it wasn't a Yahoo pun. I wonder if they've accidentally used Google before. And that's why they have to continue yeah, to use Google. Yeah, probably. But I'm like, what if it was like Google or something? Google? Hey, you should, you could foogle that. Google it. Google it. Google it. Google it. Google it. That just sounds like Google, but it's Gru from Despicable Me. Oh. Cool. Google, toogle it. Why don't you toogle it? Rugle it. Mmm. I like that. This is why I wanted Yahoo instead. Why don't you look it up on Yahoo? Wahoo. Like, you wouldn't even need to change it, because Yahoo sounds stupid anyway. When she's calling up the people, mm-hmm. Um, Martha says that she doesn't want to talk on the phone because they might be listening. Who? So not only is the farm, like, a cult, but now also they tap phones? Yeah, they're very technologically advanced. Or is this just something she's scared of? Because she said this was six years ago. I think it creates a lot of paranoia in a person. Yeah, and it's been six years and she's still scared. Yeah. That, that it makes me really sad. Like, she was really brave to come out and talk to Betty. Yeah. And, like, climb into a weird bunker with this teenage girl. Who could murder her. Yeah, that was really brave. Murder has happened in that bunker. Oh, yeah. Oh, it has no occurred. One, oh, she didn't consent to be down there at the same time that it, Well, I guess a dead body's not there anymore. So. No, but, but- And Betty didn't even know that Tallboy was there? Yeah, there's a, been a dead body. very honest. Like, a couple different teenage couples have banged down there. Yeah, including and it, Betty. And that bunker is also belongs to a dead kid. I bet it smells so bad. Well, that's what all the candles are for. They're scented. Yeah. Yeah. There's, like, no ventilation. Well, I guess the hatch is open. Yes. Oh, my God. Imagine if they're, like, okay, so we need to get a bunch of candles, but they're all scented candles, and they're all different scents. Ew. uh, Gross. Wouldn't that be hell on earth? Ew. She says that the farm had places like the bunker. Cool. Why? Don't know. Apocalypse reasons. Cool. She says it's been six years. Was it still Edgar six years ago? Yes. Is a question that I have. Yes. Um, the farm also uses the word ascension, so that brings in all the other stories. That makes me very nervous. Yeah. I think Edgar is the Gargoyle King. Okay. I think that's been my theory for a while, isn't it? Yeah, remember when you thought Charles was the Gargoyle King? That was a dope theory. That was a dope theory. Good for me. Our current theories are Hiram, Penelope, Edgar, and, um, Dark Horse Charles. Yeah. Yeah. She drove to Riverdale for you, and now you're leaving her in the bunker. Yeah. That's messed up. Um, If I was her, I'd be like, well, now I'm terrified. Now I have to freaking walk through the forest. Be like, thanks so much. Thanks so much. Yeah. Alice is using her maiden name again. Thank Grace God. Hal sucks. Yeah. They're at the sisters, obviously, because they just purchased the that land and the, the building. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that this is going to be correct at all. 
but this is just a thing to say. Maybe this isn't a reality check for Alice, but is it for Polly? I would love if that was true. Me too. I don't think it will because Polly sucks, but it could be because when Betty's like, oh my god, Polly, she's literally not breathing. There's like a close-up on Polly being like, oh, whoopsie. It's almost like Polly didn't think if you held someone underwater while they were struggling that they wouldn't drown. When- Was anyone ever going to revive Alice? Like, like, is there like a timer? at some point that you take her out? Like, is she, like, it didn't seem like anyone was timing, saying, like, oh, well, you have to spend exactly this amount of time inside, or, yeah, like, she just drowned her. Yeah, like, how do you know when you're supposed to take them out? Like, when- Like, that's who, attempted murder, just for the record. Who can speak on behalf of this baptism working? Like, she's like, they say that when, when you have the baptism, this happens, and you see the light, and blah, blah, blah. It's like, who says Ooh. that? It seems like everybody has died yeah. during their baptism. So they didn't have any like equipment around to like revive her. It was yeah. literally like Betty was like, "Hi, she's dead. Let's do some CPR." She's maybe the only one who's ever survived, which makes me think that Edgar's going to be like, "Nice, finally." Yeah, and she only survived because someone was like, "Hey, what if she wasn't dead? What if we tried to save her?" God, I hope Chad Michael Murray is creepy. Oh, I want, well, he yeah, he's be, gonna be creepy. He could be creepy, or he could just be like, hey, I'm super charming, what's up? And that'll work just as well. But I hope he's, I hope that that happens. I hope he's super, super charming, but in a, like, a really undertone, creepy way. And I think Chad Michael Murray can pull it off, and I'm really freaking excited. I'm excited, too. Thank you. Betty tries to call Martha, but she isn't answering, even because she wants Martha to tell her mom all the scary things about it. So, is Martha Why? okay? yeah. I don't think, I don't know if we'll ever get an answer for that, but is Martha okay? Because she, like, just, she probably, like, left the bunker and then she was in the forest like the Gargoyle King could have gotten her. Who knows? Possibly. If if that is a storyline, then that's probably what happened. Yep. If it's not, then we'll never hear about Martha again. Yep. Okay. I would be sad to lose my childhood home, but I think selling the house is a good idea. Yes. For Alice's well-being, if she wasn't a creepy brainwashed person. Yep. Selling the house is a great idea. Yes. You know, all those terrible- It's time to get rid of it. Yeah, terrible memories and everything. I'd also be sad to lose the Andrews as neighbors, but... who? Okay, so who do you think should buy it? The Cooper house? Yeah. Hmm. I didn't think about that. We don't know anybody who's on the market for a house. Maybe Gladys? <gasps> Ooh, maybe. Yep. That'd be messed Makes up. Me wonder. If, yeah. I mean, she could probably afford it more than FP could, but yep. like, wouldn't that be messed up if she's like, hey, we're moving out to an actual house? And Effie's like, great, I'm staying here. <laughs> Jughead's like, like Effie's like, great, house. I've also had sex with Alice in that house. Yeah, Jughead's like, I've had sex with Betty in that house, so have fun, bye. Yeah, yeah, like, enjoy yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then just why is she being groomed to be his wife? Why does she also say Evelyn and Edgar? So that's been answered. That's it. I'm good. Okay. Um, so now it's time for segments. My first segment is asexual Jughead question mark, question mark, question mark. And the answer is yes, always yes. I don't care. And mine is which MILF was the most badass in this episode, and I'm gonna give it to Gladys. Yeah, do it. Because Sierra's not around. Yeah. And um, Alice makes bad choices. Mm -hmm. And Hermione, eh. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah. Um, did the snake parents acknowledge their obvious history? They did not interact. But they I do love episodes in which they are both present. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if only the show would remember that they have a relationship with each other. Literally a relationship. It doesn't seem like Alice is Alice either. Thank you so much for interrupting the podcast again, Kobe. Does he know he's kind of a jerk? Yeah, he's fully aware that he's a jerk. I didn't raise him right. Hmm. Yeah. Um, now it's time for our best line award. My best line award goes to Gladys for... Wow. You're trying to shake me down. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh my god, I love that. Oh, that's a good choice. Yeah. <laughs> that's like the complete right response, yeah. too. That is awesome. <laughs> too funny. Good luck with that. And mine goes to Cheryl for... Check out my new nail color. It's called Vigilante Violet. What do you think? It's like, do you like my nail polish? It's Vigilante Violet. And I'm like, where did you get that? Please tell me. 
What brand makes that? Did you order that on Amazon? Does OPI make that? Tell me more. It would probably be more like, oh my god, wait, instead of Essie, it would be something like Messy. No, that's just a word. With Bessie. An, with an I. Bessie. But it could be Messy with an I, and then it would just be like the soccer player. Okay. I don't know. Now it's time for our trailer reaction in three, two, one, play. What's with Kevin? They got him too. Everyone. Oh, Kevin's oh Kevin. Secrets. Ew, they're Why are they covering orange? You need us more than we need you. I love Brian. that Brian is in here more. Says sacrifice. What is going? You'll fly too. What the heck? Uh, you'll fly too. Was that? Did they just drop fangs, or is that Ricky or whatever? I'm looking. Who it is, is you'll fly too down there, so we know that it's not. It's probably fangs. Um. Okay. Starting at the beginning. Wait. Who is that? Is that Sweepy? Sweepy's on the on the ground with with Jughead. Is it fangs that it's they're probably dangling? fangs? I don't see him yet, but I have to. Okay. So Kevin's in with the farm man, Evelyn. That is a sweater. It sure. It sure is that a sweater. Is a sweater. It's a sure. sweater that you can put on for fashion. Okay. So. Kevin is being taken by the farm, which kind of makes sense as to why she is cast in Heather's. Yeah. Because Heather's is put on by the farm as well. So that yeah, makes sense. Exactly. Okay. Great. I love Betty's overalls. Thanks. That's, <laughs> I, I want that as a gift. Um, just Betty and Veronica looking like, on judgment. They're both yeah. like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So I guess, is this another like initiation type thing that isn't the baptism because i think kevin's the one who firewalks yeah um, maybe for those who are like under a certain age everyone wears orange Do that is a that's a matching look there yeah okay so fangs oh okay 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 so fangs it looks like is obviously going against brian yeah which i support because <laughs> i made this stupid ass freaking point last night but um uh on the hundred brian was a gay character and fangs uh has uh uh we don't really have confirmation on what his sexuality is we're thinking probably bi at this point uh-huh but um so yeah i just um would like that thanks oh okay that'd be great um i i do notice that in the very background here is that jughead is like putting his hand to his face it looks like somebody has punched jughead and it's probably him uh probably Brian yeah who punched jughead and then fangs is like you can't punch him yeah, and of course Sweet Pea is like holding him back because usually everyone has to hold Sweet Pea back, but today they, they take turns. Pea. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, they're getting real close there. What's up? Down. Okay, where are they? Where are they? Is this the? Do you think that maybe this is the White Worm? Because the Ghoulies took over the White Worm, right? Yeah, that might be the White Worm. Are they? Is Brian in the bunker? bunker? Yeah. Or is this like the gargoyle den? No, I think that's the bunker. Okay. Um, also, last episode we were like, is that Chad Michael Murray? No, it was Brian. And how are we to know? Because yeah. we didn't know Brian was going to be it's true. Here. I'm going to continue to call him Brian. Oh, okay. Thanks. Okay, in Le Bon Nui, Jughead talking to Tony. So that storyline's not over. Yeah, what's going on there? Uh, I guess this kid that Archie's finding is living in the boxing gym? Yeah, I don't know what's going on And here. I assume this is who Ricky D is, who's on the list. Yeah. He's got a lighter, so that's cool for him. Okay. Is this- Archie's garage. Looks maybe. like maybe Archie's garage. He sh make okay, this has to be the kid. The kid's yeah. arm. Because Archie's is on his, like, yeah. hip. Fate, fate, fate. Things that are written on the wall. Obviously, all of the sisters. I just wonder if I can see any sister names that are relevant. It doesn't look like Sister Woodhouse is on this list. Oh, God. If Sister Woodhouse is still alive, I swear to God. I don't think she is. I just think that's weird. Yeah. Um, okay. Obviously, Joaquin DeSantos, Warden Norton, Dilton Doily, uh, Ben Button... Tall boy, Archie Andrews, Ricky D. Yeah. Uh, okay. Also, it says tall boy and it doesn't say Gerald Petit, which is what his real name is. Uh, Archie, Tony, Betty, who's wearing a lot of shape. 
sweaters. Yes, she is. Before she was wearing hearts, and now she's wearing stars. Hmm. Gladys at a mic. Gladys at a mic with a knife. A knife or something. Uh, the kid who who we're assuming is Ricky, um, running away from somebody in Pops. Yep. Cheryl in, at her house. Yeah. I guess. Ronnie and Reggie at Lebanoui. And then we have Brian and some other guy holding who I assume is Fangs. It looks like Fangs. Uh, over top of the thing. That's gotta be. Yeah. Gotta be Fangs. Um, yeah. 100% that's true. Um, so that's Fangs. And he says you'll fly too. Isn't that something that Ben said? Yeah. Okay. Ben said that. Yeah. And of course Jughead is like no and Sweet Pea's like that's my boyfriend. Right? Someone's gonna catch him though. Yeah. Oh 100% someone's gonna catch him. They're not gonna kill off Fangs. After they were like Fangs is dead. No, he's not. Fangs is dead. No, he's not. Yeah. Fangs is out. No, he's not. You know, they're not going to kill off Fangs. Exactly. Which I appreciate because I like him. Yeah, they drop him. They'll catch him. Okay. That was a pretty good trailer. I love the trailers. Yeah. It was sometimes sometimes this is my favorite part of the podcast is watching the trailer. Oh my God. <laughs> sometimes. Thank you so much for listening. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. If you would uh, leave us a review on iTunes, we would really appreciate that. We also have a survey that is just always open that you can fill out that will tell us about you as well as what we're doing right and um also what you think we could improve on yeah it's in the description yeah if you're a fan of chaos we like to talk about that show too it's on this feed you've probably noticed it if you're subscribed so yeah yeah, you're in the right place already if you're a fan of the hundred we like to talk about that show too uh we covered seasons four seasons five unity days all that good stuff we're going to be covering season six and the trailer whenever that mysterious thing drop. Yeah. Uh, if you're a fan of Lost, you like to talk about that show too. It's my favorite show of all time. So if you're looking for something to binge, uh, that's that, that that's can it. be your friend. Yeah. 100%. Um, and we have guests over there. So if you're a fan of Lost, uh, hit us up. We'd love to have you over there. We've talked about season one and we're in the middle of season two. And if you're a fan of Stranger Things, we are talking about that show uh, right now, actually. Yeah. We've been recording Stranger Things and we're we just started season one. Yeah, but we're having a lot of fun. Yeah, and so season one should all be out before season three comes out. Yes. So you're going to want to go back there to be reminded of season one and to start getting hyped up for season three. Come to Sweet RiverCon. We'd love to see you there in November here in Vancouver. And uh, if you want to follow the Aficionados on social media, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, but mostly Twitter. Mostly Twitter. I do work hard on our Tumblr, though. Please follow us. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, our Patreon is patreon.com slash the Aficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because it's really expensive. <laughs> Just look up how much SoundCloud Pro is and then times that by four. That's how much we pay. Thanks. <laughs> I like how you're like, but I'm not going to do that math. No, not right now. If you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, it is at Britannia, B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. Join us next episode for 314 Firewalk With Me. So Firewalk With Me was a film that was in the Twin Peaks universe. 1992 psychological horror film. It's a prequel to Twin Peaks. And it involves around the investigation into the murder of Teresa Banks and the last seven days in the life of Laura Palmer, who's like the one that dies yeah. in Twin Peaks, in a, in a fictional Washington town cool. of Twin of Peaks. Twin Peaks. <laughs> yeah. So basically, they're just making a lot of Twin Peaks references. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which is like, so this is the episode for Twin Peaks references, whereas a few episodes ago was the episode for Scream references. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay, great. It's so. either Majin or Skeet references, I guess. Yeah. I love yeah. that for them. I like it. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye.